0: Hi friend, it's Brittany Moses and Renella Kalagithi, and you're listening to Speaking Our Minds, the podcast that brings you honest and nuanced conversations around mental health, holistic wellness, and the real complexities of what it means to be human in the challenges of today's world, where we have fun, fascinating, and meaningful discussions around how to live a more insightful, connected, and whole life from the inside out joined by guest professionals, thought leaders, and some of my friends and those with lived experience. As always, we ask that you keep in mind that the views and opinions shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from your clinician or provider and is ours to discern. We're so glad you're here. Follow the conversation on Instagram at Speaking Our Minds Pod and sit with us because we're diving in. This podcast episode is brought to you by We Share by UHSM, a unique healthcare membership on a mission to create holistic wellness for the mind, body, and spirit. I'm honored to partner with UHSM and its community of faithful members. Together, we plan to create more awareness and programs around mental health and the role it plays in our overall balanced health. If you or someone you know is frustrated with their current health care, I encourage you to inquire about membership options at www.weshare.org or call 1-800-900-8476.
1: So welcome to another episode of Speaking Our Minds with Renella and Brittany. Oh my goodness, We are really deep into these topics going into the season because Mm -hmm. we want you to be prepared. Today's topic is managing seasonal depression and its impact on daily life. And the last two episodes, we've talked about seasons of change when life doesn't go as planned. We've talked about grief and loss while these are heavy topics, they're real topics that affect so many of us. And I know that they can be uncomfortable, right? Um, But at the same time, if we are aware of them, willing to kind of sit with it, arm ourselves, prepare ourselves with the right intentions, Mm -hmm. like we just really want you to go into this season with intentionality, the ability to manage multiple types of emotions. Mm -hmm. And hopefully these tools will will really help you. Yeah, especially as, you know, the season is changes and there are time
0: changes with daylight savings and the sun is going down and there's less light. Mm -hmm. And so with that, you know, come these symptoms of seasonal depression and all these other highlighted kind of like difficulties around this time of season. This episode is especially highlighted because you know, sometimes during the holidays, it's obviously known as a season to be merry and bright. And that's mm. great. But there can be this real dissonance where you don't feel so merry and bright. Yeah. Right Where you feel in dissonance to your surroundings or to the attitudes and moods that are all around you. Mm-hmm. And we just want this to be an episode where, you know, people are seen. Yeah. <laughs> and people are felt. And just know that you're you're not alone if this time of year actually just brings you a lot of grief and maybe depression or loss or
1: whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, it's when you were saying that, that was so interesting. Like it is the darkest, coldest season and yet... The way that Christmas is um, marketed and everything, like I wonder if like people sat around a room, like they were like planning capitalism. <laughs> they were like, "We are going to make Christmas go viral by making everyone super happy, telling them they should be happy this season, and then in order for them to get happy, they have to buy all these, these things, things and do make all them feel this happy. stuff." And, no, anyway, that's yeah. where my mind goes. But um, but you're right. It. It's like the juxtaposition. Make Christmas go viral. <laughs> What? <laughs> I know. The the juxtaposition yes. of like, you know, it's like you would think that the merry and bright season is like June or something. But anyway. I digress. I digress. Um, let's talk about what seasonal depression is. Yeah. I've I've experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, it ain't fun. Right. So tell us,
0: Brittany, what is and seasonal? And specifically, right, because I mm. think we're maybe familiar with you know, depression, but seasonal depression are also called seasonal affective disorder, specifically, typically takes place around specific seasons, right? Right. So especially in um, the fall and in the winter time, and it typically occurs around the same time each year. Mm -hmm. So that's, so that's what you're kind of paying attention to, that there is a pattern, that kind of every time this year comes around for at least the past two years, you notice that you get these symptoms, right? And so the depressive episodes occur specifically during these seasons for at least those two consecutive years. However, not everyone with seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder, it's interesting Mm because the acronym is SAD, Yeah, seasonal affective disorder, um, may not happen every year. And some common signs and symptoms of seasonal depression are typically feeling depressed, you know, most of the day, nearly every day, losing interest in activities that you typically enjoy, just kind of having that loss of pleasure, Mm. you know, um, experiencing changes in appetite or weight is very common, Um, having problems with sleep, having insomnia, feeling sluggish or agitated, uh, having low energy feeling those feelings of hopelessness or worthlessness, having difficulty concentrating, and potentially like having some thoughts about death or Mm -hmm. suicidal ideation kind of when it gets at its worst. So uh, we're looking at like a cluster of symptoms, right? Yeah, right. Um, And where it just really kind of feels like it just kind of robs you of life.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, for winter pattern, seasonal Mm -hmm. affective disorder, additional symptoms might include oversleeping. Mm-hmm. I know that's something that I experienced, hypersomnia, overeating, um, like we said, weight gain, social, social withdrawal, mm-hmm. um, wanting to just kind of isolate. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, like no one wants to step who out into ice. Who doesn't want right.
0: to isolate when you're feeling
1: like crap? Once you get home, you're like home. Yeah. I don't want to get go outside and go to that, you know, ga- uh, that social yeah. gathering or or whatever. Just not in the mood. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, interestingly, my experience um, started off as seasonal affective disorder. And then one of the years I was experienced, it just like kept, it just continued. And it turned into after I realized after six months, 12 months, a year and a half of being actually depressed. And Mm. so kind of launched me into a A a full-on depression season, but it, for me, it started off as as that. And so um, yeah, so it's really common especially for those of you who are living in
0: parts of the country where there are shorter daylight hours mm-hmm. during the winter. So for example, living in Alaska or living in New England, you know, you may be more likely to develop seasonal affective disorder because there is this idea that it could be linked to or associated with the lack of sunlight mm. um, because sunlight, which produces vitamin D actually metabolizes on our skin through cholesterol, which is a precursor for serotonin. Mm, so it's believed right. that possibly because of the lack of sunlight, that maybe there is a you know reduction of serotonin or what yeah. have you, and so that could be affecting mood. That's that's actually still up for debate. Mm. They're still uh, doing more research on that. Um, it's not conclusive, but that is what's thought yeah. could be the link,
1: yeah, or and- part of it. Right. And which which makes sense. Um, in certain ways, a lot of my seasonal affective disorder happened. I mean, all of it when I was um on the East Coast. So yeah. when I moved back to California to sunny, sunny Southern California, um, it just it just didn't happen anymore. Yeah. It was the but we'll get into that. More later too. It was also a set of circumstances, and
0: that's what I was going to say too. Like it could be like also circumstances. Oh, one thousand percent. During the holidays, it can also just highlight a lot of grief, a lot of loss. Mm -hmm. You're getting near the end of the year and like the New Mm -hmm. Year's beginning, and you might be thinking about like, what did I accomplish this year? Yeah, like my life isn't where I want it to be, or Mm. all these things are catching up with you. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: again, the main pattern with seasonal depression is that, yeah, it's coming around the same time every year, very specifically in a way that is like differentiated from the rest of the year, right? So you don't typically feel like this the rest of the year, but just around these Mm. times of months, it comes along. So just thinking about what seasonal depression can look like kind of in everyday life, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, having really low energy, right? Just have feeling lethargic. So yeah. it can feel maybe difficult to do daily activities that you typically do or like even just being able to have the motivation to do them. Little things like just getting out of bed. Yeah. It just feels oh. really hard to get out of bed, right. to make your bed, to do things like, you know, take a shower, brush your teeth, like regular just like self-hygiene things even mm-hmm. or to like Pick up after yourself, clean the room, oh do dishes, goodness. anything.
1: Right, so you just have this overall low energy, and yeah. And can we talk about like for example, I yeah. I went through that mm-hmm. um, when I was experiencing a lot of purposelessness in my yes. life. It was also getting colder. I did not have community. I didn't have friends, um, and it was getting darker. Earlier, I wasn't getting sunshine. I was starting to feel the heavy drag, like that weight right. of like lethar- Like I'm just lethargic. There's nothing I want to do. And can we talk about how much when you stop doing some of the normal everyday things that just upkeep your life? How much then like shame? Comes I was going to say the then picture. it makes you feel
0: worse, and then you're <laughs> then in a you're cycle.
1: Like, Who am I? Who have yeah. I become? I'm so so. Some of the things we start saying to ourselves. I'm so lazy. Right. If these people knew about how I live my life, sometimes you're not taking a shower. I'm embarrassed, you feel dirty. Yeah. You you just kind of like you know it's and when we talk about this a couple you know in in the episode on um, changing seasons mm-hmm. is like that 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 experience of. Um, comparison and comparing our our lives to others at that time. Yeah, I know on TikTok, what was kind of going around was the
0: idea of a depression room. Yeah. And I actually found that really refreshing. People were sharing what their depression room looks like, mm. you know, where it's like, this is what my lo- room looks like when I'm in depression. You could see like sometimes leftover food in people's yeah. room or, or dishes that are just like still you literally in don't room. have the wherewithal to like Take piles of
1: clothes. Your dish like 10 feet you away, you know. And
0: I want to speak on these things because I want to again normalize that when a lot of people go through depression, Things that are like everyday things that you feel like you're failing at. Yeah. A lot of people in depression really do struggle with. Yeah, you know. And then, like you said, it creates that that shame cycle. Right. So I'm instead like, of look at my life. So so I, I tell people like again, and this is where I think it's important to see mental health like physical health. Right. Mm. If you were physically sick, if you came down with a cold or you came down with you know the flu or whatever it was, and you came down with it for a month or a couple months or whatever it was, what would you do? You wouldn't shame yourself for getting sick. You would be like, oh, I need to take care of myself. I need to do the things to take care of myself that will help nurture me to better mm-hmm. health, right? So maybe like, I need to drink more liquids, or I need to get more rest, get more sleep, or I need to, whatever it is, I treat mental health the same way. When you yeah. have these episodes of depression, you know, just see it as, okay, like, I'm like mentally sick right now. Yeah. So I need to actually take better care of myself and instead of asking why am I like this, maybe the reframe is what do I need right now? What yes. do I need to take care of myself right now? Mm-hmm. How can I take care of myself through this right now and and have some compassion for yourself.
1: I love that. I love that because instead of the shame cycle like we've talked about right. in the in the, uh, the past episodes It's more of like, oh, this is, I I don't have enough energy for the things that I can normally do. So what is that telling me? Yeah. Like what? is there something that I I kind of need to focus on more? Um, Difficulty getting up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, um, just literally not wanting to go to school. I had gone back to school at that time and I would just lay in bed and I was like, I think I'm going to skip again today. Like I just, I did not want to get out. I I wanted to quit everything. It was just so hard to do the, the basic things. And my boyfriend at the time would come over to my house and he would like water all my plants and yeah. do all my dishes and like literally scrub my toilet and clean my bathroom and fold my clothes like he had to do so much for me yeah. because i like just like it was like the life was like taken out of me literally you have just, no
0: energy right? i almost equated to just like i don't it's like i have a different brain mm-hmm. like when i've gone through heavy you know mental episodes it's just like i don't you don't feel like yourself because like you are not yourself. Right. Like your brain is not acting at its typical capacity. So mm-hmm. it's not just mental. It is also sometimes biological, mm. right? And so you have all of these things coming at play. I remember when I was going through depression and I was actually like sleeping on a friend's couch years ago. Yeah, I I could not get up. Yeah. And she was literally like bringing me food wow. <laughs> because it was just like, I don't, you don't have that energy to cook. You don't right. have that. And then maybe you're like, post-mating food all the time. And then and then you're racking up money and then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm paying for all this I don't have the money for. It. And then you're shaming for yourself financially. There really is a spiral that takes place with depression because mm. of like the cost and everything to, you know, right? try to carry yourself through this.
1: That's um, so true. And That's just so know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. These are real things. Oh, yeah. Um, irregular sleep patterns, oversleeping, insomnia, Um which makes it harder to maintain a regular schedule which is so true you know yeah. you wake up at times that you normally don't by the time you wake up then part of the day is gone all of these are kind of opportunities for us to like self-hate yeah and i think that's kind Ooh, of like the self-hate right, really comes oof. in strong like right at the beginning here it's just you know that's that's the biggest energy sucker, sucker is when we yeah. are hating ourselves for who we are um, at a place that, um, you know, whether it's seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. or you're struggling with depression and it it causes us to want to withdraw from social interactions mm-hmm. that can lead to social is- isolation because if we don't feel good about ourselves, if we don't feel good about like our decisions, our hygiene, anything that we could talk about, you know, at a social, yeah. a social gathering, then we won't want to go out and do those yeah. things too. So it's also, an- another cycle. Yeah. And
0: also sometimes people feel like if they go out, they're
1: going to be a downer. And
0: they're going to bring their friends down and what have you. And they just feel like they're not going to be good company, mm. which I get. Sometimes you are like, sometimes there there is a self-care of like, look, I, I really don't have the energy right. to go and I need to rest. But then there are the times where you actually do need to challenge yourself to get out and like let your feelings kind of catch up to you making those proactive steps. Yeah. But yeah, you, that social withdrawal and isolation is so real. Right? Your text messages are piled up. Right? You have you're not responding to people, right? Yeah. People are texting you and like you just don't even have the energy to respond to their messages. You don't have the mental capacity to like go into all these conversations, you just don't feel like it. You feel apathetic, Mm. you know? But then you, and then you have that increasing guilt of, oh my God, I'm such a bad friend, Mm. right? Like I'm not responding to people. Why would anybody want to be my friend? And I just, again, there's a lot of shame that's undercurrenting this because of these things that you just don't have the, Will or motivation to do, but it's a really it's a, it's a very real physical feeling. It's yes. not just in your mind. You mm-hmm. have you have the physical symptoms of lethargy and of tiredness and of all these and, and, and the insomnia. Yeah,
1: you know, and so I mean that's what thoughts are. Thoughts are energy synapses, and mm-hmm. so yeah, like it, it literally like your your thinking affects your energy. Your body, yeah. your brain
0: responds to it it's crazy how your your brain responds to your thoughts and like manifests those things physically as well Mm. and vice versa. Right. So there is that cycle. But yeah, so that that social withdrawal can happen. Yeah. Where,
1: you know, you just don't feel like responding to anyone. Yeah. And, you know, um, this is not like professional advice that we're giving. But at the same time, um, if you find yourself in a state where, You're experiencing seasonal affective disorder um, or depression, ongoing. Like, and you're starting to notice some of these symptoms. And we'll get into some tips later on. Like, it's also okay to start. Maybe you're hearing all this, and you're like, "Oh, that's me. That's me. That's Mm -hmm. me." You might need additional support. You know, for sure. You might need um, professional support. You might need to go see a a therapist or a psychiatrist or some, yeah. someone.
0: <laughs> Again, if we're seeing this just like physical health, if we are making the exactly. shift to you seeing would go mental see a health, doctor. just like physical health, yeah, if you were sick with a cold or flu and you notice I'm not myself, um, you would go to a doctor or you would get checked out or you'd get the antibiotics you need or whatever, you, whatever have you. So same with, Depression, same with these mental health issues. You know, it's like, okay, I notice I'm not myself. I need to talk to someone about it or I need some solutions. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah. And like thinking back to the relationship aspect, sometimes uh things like depression and specifically seasonal depression can put some tension. Um, on relationships because maybe you're having mood swings or maybe you're irritable. Oh, yeah. or maybe the other people around you have expectations of you and you just don't feel like you can meet those expectations oh, right now. And right. that's frustrating, especially around the holidays, mm-hmm. right? Um, where you're supposed to be consistently like meeting family and showing yeah. up and all these things and you just don't feel like it,
1: you know? Right. And so
0: there can be that... Um, those mood swings it can sometimes put a strain
1: on relationships with family oh, yeah.
0: and friends
1: oh during that time I just I definitely um you know would would get pretty pretty mad I had a short yes. fuse
0: yeah a short
1: fuse and I also had low energy um I was you know kind of always getting into something with my boyfriend like Yes. You know, there was some way that he wasn't like, you know, even though he was doing so many of these things for me, it was like all of the relational issues started coming up. yeah And then with my family, when I would see them, all of their expectations would just like drown me because I was already overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And they, of course, meant all, but, you know, they all meant good for me. But right. I was, I would take it, I was very sensitive yeah. in that time because I was like very sensitive to emotions and, and my own sense of self. And when exactly. your own sense of self is so fragile, then everything else, it's like this open wound and anyone that touches right. it, it's like, ah.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought it up because I think that when we think about depression, we just think about the feeling of sadness. Right. I don't think we realize that actually anger and irritability anger. can come out of depression. Huge. and can come out of that sadness and that depression can manifest as anger, especially they found a lot of times in men because men oftentimes aren't socially... Um, Conditioned or it's not seen as socially acceptable for men to be sad and to cry because it's seen as weakness. Mm -hmm. And so because there hasn't been that historical kind of like social allowance for men, it can often manifest as anger because anger is a more acceptable emotion for men. And so Mm. I've known men in my life where they're they have that short fuse and they're blowing up all the time and they're upset. And you realize actually they're they're depressed because they're hold away all the time maybe they lost a job mm. maybe you know whatever has spiraled them there you look at all the things together and you're like oh no this isn't actually just anger like this is depression mm. and the reason some of the reasons it's manifesting as anger is because like you said there's actually a lot of frustration that's yes. operating in the background. There's a frustration with yourself. Mm. Like, oh, why am I like this? There's that self-loathing and self-hatred that's taking place because you're also comparing yourself with right. other people, right? And then you're also frustrated with life. Right, right. Life mm-hmm. isn't where you want it to be. Life isn't what you expect it to be. You're frustrated with the expectations of life and where you are in comparison. So there's a lot of underlying um, frustration that's taking place with depression mm-hmm. that can then manifest as anger. So kind of even normalizing that anger right. can be a manifestation um, of this depression where there are short fuses. Because like you said, you your sense of self is kind of broken and you're so sensitive
1: right. to kind of, Everyone and everything, yeah, no, that's such a good point to bring out. Um, you have this feeling of hopelessness, too, mm-hmm. um, that uh, can kind of keep everything in a cycle. yeah, and so we bring all of these things up so that you can be really aware of sometimes we experience this and someone might be listening and thinking like, oh, that's an issue? Like, this is how I live my life all the time.
0: And I've always felt this way. Some people are like, I've felt this way for as long as I can remember. And that's a whole other thing because now you might be looking at like persistent or or generalized depression.
1: Um, Um, But still, seasonal These things come up. And and I don't want to say that to say that there's something wrong with you or that you've been living in a way that's, you know, because sometimes people will say like, oh, everyone just tells you that you're supposed to be happy. Like, maybe I don't want to be happy. Maybe, you know, like, and it's, and and I think that if you're saying that to yourself, you've probably gotten to the point where this has become so normalized that to have any hope that things could be better Mm -hmm. is almost too vulnerable, is almost too hard to have hope. And that's also... Well, it's hard to have hope
0: because it's like you have these seasons in life where you do have hope, and then inevitably the depression comes Mm -hmm. back around. Exactly. So you're just like, it's going to come back around again. Mm -hmm. So what's the point? And that is where that specific, you know, um, professional help can come into place because there are solutions. And I know we're going to talk about a few of those things. Yeah. Um, But it's really the idea that life doesn't have to always be this way or it doesn't have to be this severe. Right. It doesn't have to this be this severe. unmanageable, right? I like um, that. Because life is always going to have yes. its it's ups and downs and its things and its seasons
1: of depression, anxiety, what have you, but you'll be able to move through it differently. That is the reality. Because the reality is not that your life should be sunshine and roses all the time. No one's life is. But mm-hmm. the reality is that you should be able to, um, with support, with help, um, Manage mm-hmm. the uh, high, the highs and lows, just to manage it. Like that is that is a successful, you know, um, approach to treatment. approach to mental health is just yeah. managing, knowing that it's not as severe. And even if there are times that it is more severe, being able to self soothe and come down to that place where you have a grasp on reality. And that's what I, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I I just really feel like most of us live in a space of illusion. We are actually... Delusion. Delulu. delulu. We We are not connected to reality. Mm. And sometimes even saying that, people are like, what is even reality, right? That's so philosophical. It is truly. I I am (laughs) just jumping right into my father's shoes. He's such a philosopher, but like you know, Indian, this is what we do. We love we it. We philosophize. But um, we, we really truly live in, in an illusion mm-hmm. when we are living in a space of self-hate. Um, um, there are these three Ps of um, in, in psychology that talk about, uh, they're the pre- three Ps of resilience in psychology. Um, and these are three things that kind of keep us living in this space of illusion. Mm. One is permanence. Yeah, When we believe that everything is going to be the way it is right now. Yeah, That is not reality. It's an illusion that right now in this moment, we talked about this in the episode on changing seasons. We, uh, you know, where pain has an element of blank. Pain, when you're in the moment, it feels like it'll never end. Yeah. But when you think that, your experience right now is permanent, that is not reality. The reality is that nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and when things have been hard for a long time, that can get harder and harder to believe. Yeah. But you have to still find a space inside of you, even if it's a tiny little glimmer of space to trust that nothing is forever. That's not how life works, you know?
0: Yeah, there typically with depression is a negative bias, mm-hmm. you know, where you're only able to see the things that are wrong. Yeah. And you're only able to pick out the things that are wrong about you. You know, um, there's something in psychology called um, mood congruent memory. Mm. which is that depending on the mood that you're in you tend to your brain can more easily recall things that are aligned with the mood that you're in. So what happens when you're in depression is like you can more easily recall all the yeah. things that are wrong in your life, all the things that are have been wrong in the past, all the wrong choices that you've made, mm-hmm. all that right you can really easily end up in this spiral.
1: Yeah. Because
0: you have this negative bias. Right. And to recognize that there is a bias that's operating. And one aspect of bias is that it keeps you blinded from the alternative reality, which is all the other parts of your life that contradict that. Yeah. That you're actually not paying attention to, that there are people who love you. Right. That there are times where you've had joy. you know. Yes. That there are times that you've done meaningful and purposeful things that were meaningful to you. Mm. That you have had these moments. Right. You know? Um, it's hard to see that in your reality right now, Mm -hmm. you know, but understanding that there is, there is a bias that's operating and And that contributes to that permanence Yes, this is how life is and will always be. You, you define your entire life by a single moment. Right. And then maybe it's a long moment. And maybe it's a long moment, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's a long season. Maybe it's a couple of months or what have you. Sometimes it's a year, but Mm -hmm. specifically for seasonal depression.
1: Yeah. You know, it being seasonal, right? Right, it's yeah. not forever. Yeah. Um, the second P is personalization, which we've been talking about. Ooh, the shame, the, the self hate, because of what what I'm experiencing now. This is what it says up. About who I am, yeah. about me, my identity. That personalization for everything that's happening is because I'm not worthy. It's because I'm not lovable. It's because I'm not talented. Everything because happens to I, me. I don't have the mm-hmm. skills. It's because yeah, the world is against me, and and these are called the three P's of resilience because if you believe in these things, that, that everything is permanent, that it is all about you, of course, it's going to break down your resilience. Oh, yeah. The third one is a pervasiveness that this experience now is going to affect every other area of my life and that it has to affect every other area of my life and that mm-hmm. it will pervasiveness instead of localizing what you're going through and saying, okay, this is just for maybe this area of my life. Yeah. But it doesn't negate everything else that's going on that is good or that that um, you know, I am worthy of, or that I have hope in, or that is going well in my life.
0: I think that's what's helped me become most resilient against these episodes Mm. is accepting that I'm in it. You know, just being like, okay this is what I'm in right now. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm in this this month or these weeks of just like really intense anxiety. Yeah. Or maybe it's depression. And realizing that and saying, you know what? It's where I am right now, Mm -hmm. but it's not where I always will be. Like, I'm just, I'm just moving through this right now. Right. And I just need to do the things that I need to do to kind of heal through this right now or cope through this right now or take care of myself through this right now. But it doesn't mean it's going to be my whole life. Like when you can kind of shift and reframe that way. Yeah. It does give a little bit of like that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You're like, my reality right now, does that does not feel true.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that doesn't make it not true. Right. just because I don't feel it right now. Yes. And to also bring some nuance to that, to yeah. the three Ps, permanence, personalization, pervasiveness. It also doesn't mean that, you know, um, it's all a mindset thing and it right. and it's like doesn't have to do with circumstances that you're in yeah. that need to be changed or action that actions that need to be taken or um, injustices that are being done towards you that are putting you in this mm-hmm. state. Um obviously we're talking about seasonal affective disorders, so that tends to be based on the seasons kind of more a mood based on uh, shorter days and and all of that too. But at the same time, it's complex. It's compounded. There are multiple factors Mm -hmm. because... I probably, if you take me who I am and what I'm going through right now in my life, which is like it's a lot better. My circumstances are a lot better. Right. If you take me now and put me back in Maryland and put me back in New York or put me back somewhere on the East Coast, I will probably fare better, most likely, um, because of some of the work that I've had to go through yeah. and just the mindset work, I will probably still. Experience that downside of, you know, not having the sunshine, not, you know, it's colder, not. So you're inside more. Yeah, I'll be it's inside colder. more. So that will probably yeah. still affect me, but it won't be as most likely severe as it was when other experiences in my life, situations, circumstances, purposelessness, no friends, that stuff was compounding.
0: I was just going to say, there's that compounded part too that can take place where you have multiple things that are kind of breaking down in your life at the same time, Mm -hmm. or multiple things that have gone wrong at the same time. And so it's all compounding on you, maybe during this season, right? Like I remember there was one season where it was like, I was on the verge of like having to find a new job at the same time that I like went through the a breakup at the same oh, time that like oh, my car broke down breakup. and at the same time my car broke down and then I had a rental car and then I got it. Someone hit me in that. and I had an accident. Literally, I was like, wow, what is going on? Like it was just like there were so many compounded things yeah. like happening at the same time during that season that it, you literally feel like everything
1: is wrong. Well, I think when it rains, the world it is does against pour. me. Yeah. like when it rains, it pours, and when it's if you yeah. start recognizing that it's pouring in your life right now. Yeah, that is not the. I mean, it's we naturally want to get overwhelmed and like paralyzed. Yeah, but it's the time to step, take a step back, yeah. pause, take a big deep breath, mm-hmm. recognize that it is a season. Nothing lasts Oof. forever. And, and you are going through it. And yeah, and this is not you because know, you're a bad person, it's because you're a human there's and There's a lot of things life. happening
0: at one time and that is overwhelming for anyone. Right, exactly. You are a human being.
1: Yeah, if you're going through a breakup and you're going into the season two, I mean, these are big, heavy things. Divorce, you yeah. You gotta give yourself patience, time, perspective. And, yeah. and you know what? There are some really practical things that... You know, we yeah. just want to launch you into this, you know, holiday season with as many tools as you can have yeah. to intentionally set yourself up. We're not saying that these are things that are going to like be the cure all. But yeah. if you know yourself and if you have the awareness that like I know that I do struggle during this season, what are some of the things that we can do yeah. to like make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, that we're intentional, and hopefully getting through the next several months. Um, you know, with a, and, and a little bit better of like a management of these symptoms.
0: Yeah. And I, and I want to add on to that, like as we're sharing these tips and different things, we kind of mentioned this in our last episode on grief and loss, how we get caught up in the cycle of shoulds. Mm. And, you know, even as we're sharing these things, you know, it's not a matter <laughs> of navigating them perfectly, yes. right? Sometimes we think like, man, especially if you're a high functioning person. Right? You're a high functioning person and then like depression mm. or something hits you off your feet oh. and you're used to being really productive. Your identity to, is your identity that. is in being productive or in helping others. And now you're in a place where like you, you can't need the help. help. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't have the capacity yet. You need the help. It's hard for you to ask because you're used to being the helper. And maybe your identity is really caught up in being able to be the person that's there the for everybody year. else. And maybe your identity is. In maybe you're, you know, maybe you're a mom and you're used to just kind of having everything in control at home with the kids, with your wife, or with your husband or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And now those things are slipping out of your hands. Like you don't have the capacity to keep up with everything at home. Yeah. You know, and you're typically, yeah, you typically maybe have this image maybe of being the person who has it together yeah. that people look up to. Maybe you're a leader in your profession. Maybe you're someone that some people look up to, you know, and now... You have been swept off your feet with depression, and you, yeah. and you, you, you can't. You don't have anything to give, and that can make you feel like something is like really useless. wrong with you. Useless. That can make you. That can take a real hit on mm-hmm. your on your self esteem. And then you also might be because you're high functioning, thinking, "Oh my gosh, now I need to hurry up and get myself together perfectly, or I'm failing because I know the things that I should be doing and I'm not doing them." And so, just to be careful with that. And to have some some compassion for yourself and to recognize that you are a human and you also are worthy of belonging and love and support when you are not at your best self. And you are not just what you have to offer. You are not just who you are to others. You are also a human being that is equally worthy of receiving love and support. And to kind of like practice that, because I remember I had a hard time with that. And it took a while for me to get used to delegating. Hey, can you help me with this? I I really just don't have the capacity or just opening up to others about what Mm -hmm. I'm really going through, whether it's a friend or what have you. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there too, because, um, and it doesn't just have to be for high functioning people, but you know, I know that- you can get, uh, being a high function person, you can get wrapped up, your identity can get wrapped up in these things. And so when you can't do these things and it mm-hmm. feels like your identity is taken away and your personhood is taken away. And so it actually really does cause you to slow down and pause mm. and just be a human Oof. and find worth and belonging and love just in you, you, your being, your existence, you right. being a human, not attached to all these things. And maybe this is going to be a good time to learn how to receive the help and support and care that you need, and to practice being vulnerable with those around you, to um, to to feel what it feels like mm. to be loved and supported.
1: Yeah, because then you give people the opportunity. You Got to give them the opportunity
0: you. to. Sometimes, you're like we don't, I don't have a lot support. I don't have this. I don't have that. But actually, you're actually not really giving people the opportunity to, because you are not like being. You're not opening yourself up to that vulnerability. Because you're more concerned with how people perceive you, and you being the one who helps, and you being the one who has it all together, and you being the one that's in control, Mm -hmm. or maybe you just
1: time to kind of let that go. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just think like, well, you you've already decided that people can't show up for you in that way. They're not going to probably. Right. So I I love that point as far as the mindset going in is, um, you know, allowing yourself to be just in the season that you are accepting um, the fact that you're human and that humans go through things like this. The idea of you're not a human doing. You're you're a human human being. being. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. And that, that actually is... Sometimes we have to come... Two seasons where we need people. Oh my gosh, yeah. um, In order to to teach us how to live life in a sustainable way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because if we don't learn that early on, then we take on the weight of the world on our own shoulders for the rest of our lives and we break eventually, but better to... To experience, um, uh, you know, that grief early on where you realize like, I I need people. I need to yeah. know how to lean on people, how to accept myself when I am at my lowest. Yeah, I think that's probably been in my whole entire 33-year-old life. Mm-hmm. That's been the most valuable lesson I've learned mm-hmm. is not just how to tolerate myself and have hope in myself, but how to love Myself deeply at my very worst. Yeah, how to just be High like acceptance. you? You're still a, a human that's worthy of value. That is that has so much potential. But I mean, even without the potential, like who you are right now in this right. present moment is just so beautiful and powerful. And you know, you you know to to respect and admire myself at my worst. So. You know, this is a good opportunity to start practicing that. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a gr- it's a great time to practice that detachment, Oof, yeah. that that being from doing. Right, um, is really really important. So, so the mindset is really important. The um, you know, the psychology behind all of this. Our minds are such complex things. Yeah, and so before we jump into like some of the practical tips, yeah. for going into the season with, um, you know. To if you have seasonal affective disorder or, or experience kind of um, uh, a lower mood during the season, before we jump into that, just know that there are a lot of resources and, and there is support out there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you aren't seeing a therapist, seeing a coach, seeing a counselor, or someone that um, you can, you or your insurance can pay to listen to your thought process so a professional can help you sort through things. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, you see a psychiatrist, someone that can help support you and your biology, your chemistry, your brain chemistry. Right. You know, that's uh, something that we will always encourage you to do. Yeah. And
0: I was going to say like, you don't obviously need to make an announcement to the whole world or your yeah. entire family. Yeah, Hey, I have seasonal depression, Yeah, you know, um, but maybe you have um, a few or a couple safe people mm-hmm. who know what's going on with you, you know, who can, um, who can be there for you, who can hold that safe space for you. You know, or it can even just help check in on you. Yeah. You know, so that's something I encourage too. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't have to be 10 people. doesn't have to be the whole world. It doesn't have to be your whole family, you know, but maybe you have, you know, two or three people or what have you that are safe people that do know what's going on. I think it is important to like have at least a couple people who do know what's going on with you. Everything. Because yeah. otherwise you have that isolation of, and that burden of holding and carrying it all yourself.
1: Right.
0: You know, whether it's your spouse or your partner or somebody. Like I think it's important for somebody to know what's
1: going on and to be checking in. Yeah. Because they can help you carry it. Exactly. It's really tough to carry it all on your own. Yeah.
0: So thinking about tips for coping with seasonal depression. So, you know, one of the top treatments that are typically recommended are light therapy. Mm. Um, you know, we talk a lot mm-hmm. about how oftentimes there is a lack of daylight of sunlight hours that could be a possible link to seasonal depression. So this is where a person will sit in front of a um, sit in front of a very light bright box for, you know, about 30 to 45 minutes, you know, each day, usually first thing in the morning.
1: So sometimes people will get a light box. Yeah. And that will be helpful. Is that something that you've used at all? So when I, when I was in Maryland, I definitely ordered um, a medical grade blue light. Yeah. Um, and you're supposed to use it at certain times of the day. And especially when it would get really bad, like when it was just dark at 3 p.m., you know, I would take out the blue light and if I was just reading a book or watching something, I would just always have it on me. And, you know, I will say I was in a season of survival at that time in multiple, multiple ways. Yeah. And so that blue light, like I can't look back and be like, oh, it changed everything. But it really did help support me. Like it helped okay. boost at least feeling like I think my brain and and you know, of course I don't know the ins and outs and and, and everything, but um but I think some people just need more sunshine and more sunlight than others. And I'm one of those people. And so there was something about it that helped me not feel like I just spent half of my day in darkness.
0: I also wonder if there's an element to this that isn't a placebo effect. Yeah. Right? Which placebo effects work. 1000 Where if you believe that this thing is working, Mm -hmm. then you actually might like convince yourself that you feel better because you're convinced that it works. And actually belief is a very powerful, it's a powerful mechanism. So, I mean, it could biologically be working, Yeah. but there also could potentially be.
1: I don't know. Yeah. So you just got to try was, it out. See, see if it works for you. It was helpful um for me. And I, I totally agree. I think some people will find it somewhat helpful. Others might not find it helpful at all, but you it's just, one, one That's way. part
0: of mental health is just trying and seeing what works for you and what doesn't and staying on the path of the things that work. And one of those things, especially for seasonal depression, is psychotherapy, mm-hmm. right? That's a big one. Like you mentioned, having that support system. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a really effective evidence-based treatment for things like seasonal depression. And that's really working on your thought patterns. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy is looking at the cycle of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. It's, we call that the kind of triangle, right? Mm-hmm. The wheel where you have these thoughts That are then maybe of depression, these negative biases, and that lead to uh, feelings, you know, it it manifests then as feelings of sadness, and then that manifests as behaviors, so then you're not getting out of bed, you're not showering, you're not, you know, doing the daily things, and then that feeds back into your thoughts, see, like everything is wrong and life is so horrible and mm. this is who i am and then it feeds back into the feelings right so there's this wheel of of thought pattern that takes place that keeps you stuck mm. that keeps you trapped and so with cognitive behavioral therapy um it's really working on looking at those patterns and and breaking that cycle um looking at kind of the automatic thoughts that are popping up for you because sometimes we don't even realize mm-hmm. these thoughts that are popping up we just like this is just how i think or we think that just because we're thinking this way, it must be true, Yeah, right? And just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. It's real. The thought is real. The feeling is real, but it doesn't mean that it's truth, right? right? So taking that and looking at the thought and realizing, okay, what are these thoughts that are popping up for you on a daily basis? Like really honestly, what are you really thinking about yourself when you're in bed all day? Like what are you really thinking about life when you're scrolling social media in bed all day and you're looking at everybody else, right? And and how can we reframe these thoughts? How can we see them in a more realistic way? How can we put it in a more realistic perspective rather than this automatic shame and negativity? Right. How can we look at it more realistically so that um, we can kind of shift that pattern and put you on a trajectory where you have a little bit more hope. You have a a clearer view of yourself. You have Mm a clearer sense of life, you know, um, that isn't so weighted down, um, that can begin the cycle of then having actions and behaviors that will start kind of getting you out of that and start getting you unstuck. So like cognitive behavioral therapy is is a great example of a psychotherapy treatment for seasonal depression um, as well. Really any mode of therapy Mm -hmm. with a quality therapist is is better than nothing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just having that person that you can just self-disclose and be really honest with. Yeah. And hopefully you have a therapist who is very validating and empathetic. And um, we probably should do an episode on like how to find a good therapist <laughs> and what to right. look for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, just um, sometimes it takes a little while. You have to shop around a little bit. I always say it's kind of like dating. Yeah. It's you got like online dating. Mm-hmm. You can't get too you discouraged. Know? You have to look around because um, not everyone's yeah. going to be your vibe. But I think yeah. um, psychotherapy is very helpful. And... Um, uh, Actually, veering off a little bit, um, one thing that was really helpful for me when I lived in Maryland, especially when it came to these colder, darker months, Mm -hmm. was I would, um, if you're in this position to do so, I would like find the cheapest flight to Florida. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Find somewhere that was like sunny. Literally yes. for the weekend, seasonal depression bougie edition. Exactly. Well, I mean, it was like a hundred dollars. <laughs> you could do it. If you could find that little. Sometimes you just got to get away. Yeah. Sometimes you just like uh, you know, and, and of course, it's not like a long term thing, but it's like for a weekend. I just need to get my sunshine, yeah, and I would right? stay outside. I would wear shorts and flip flops and t shirt. And I would yeah. just be outside and just like soak in the come sun. Come to Cali, yeah. come to LA, California. You can fly across the country, yeah. uh, wherever it's warm and sunny. Um, so that's mm. just like a little practical thing. I'm like I'm I'm a, I, I chase the sun.
0: Oh, I love that. wherever I am. Can you put like that in I will your literally, bio?
1: I, I chase Renella, the sun. She who chases the sun. I, I look at my weather app, and I'm like, "Where is it sunny? Like, I will drive two hours away if That's it's sunny." So specific, you know, it's,
0: but I love it. No,
1: really. When I lived on the East Coast, I would literally look at my weather app, and I'd be like, "I just need to go somewhere where I'm like, I get these yeah sun rays." So I love
0: those like memes that are like, "I thought I was depressed, but I really just needed to like." travel. Like I really just needed to like get out my state. <laughs> like there's some truth to that, right? Um, another treatment that's common for seasonal depression, depending on how severe it is and if mm-hmm. it is something that's happening recurrently sometimes is medication. Yeah, um, And typically they will prescribe SSRIs, antidepressants that also work for anti-anxiety medications, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. You know, typically the, the theory is that often with depression, you are not getting enough serotonin you know, mm-hmm. released. It's supposed to allow more time for the serotonin to basically sit in your system.
1: Mm.
0: Right. Um, so that you are experiencing more of the effects of serotonin, which is a neurochemical, a neurotransmitter that is known for mood balance. Mm-hmm. It's kind of known as the happy brain chemical. And so that's what the medication is for. There are different types. And, you know, people usually have that in combination with therapy. So Mm -hmm. medication by itself doesn't typically like cure depression, but it's also uh, because you still have those thoughts. So you also have to take care of the thought patterns that you have. So sometimes that helps for people. Sometimes people take it just during a specific amount of time and Mm -hmm. then they come off of it. You know, it just depends on what's going on. So you will often sometimes see that
1: prescribed during treatment for Seasonal depression. I think that would have really supported me during that time. Really? Yeah. Uh, I was in kind of a mindset where I I didn't want to take any medication. I get that. Or where I was afraid, or I just didn't really know. It was just sort of like, oh no, I don't do that. And now I look back at that season and I I can see why, you know, some people... um, don't. It can come with side effects. The side effects. and Absolutely. And it is, you know, you like, you definitely have to like really think about. Yes. Weigh your um, pros and cons. Absolutely. But looking Mm -hmm. back, um, I I think I could have really been supported Mm -hmm. by at least even consulting once with a psychiatrist to just ask and see what my options are and see if, uh, you know, it was, it was such a tough time that I I feel like, um, yeah, it took me a while to even see a therapist. I get like, that. I just, I, you just don't have energy sometimes to do the things that would help you. So it's, I it know, truly right? is. So, so if you're hearing all of this, like, yeah, it totally makes sense if you're like, oh my gosh, if only I had energy to do any of the things that you're talking about. I know. But we're just here to tell you that that's okay. If you can find one thing to do. Exactly. Like, that's fine. You don't have to do all of these things. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I don't have energy steps. to. You. Sometimes it's like, yeah. okay, today
0: I'm just going to look tomorrow I'm going to make the call. The next day I'll make the appointment. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't have to do everything in one day. Honestly, like... Just do things over the course of the week. Little things over the course as you have small moments of energy to do them, or even things that you could do
1: kind of like without thinking a little bit, you know? Self-compassion is the best thing that you can give yourself during this time. Yeah. And that, you know, that one is fully in your control.
0: It's, you're so right though.
1: Like the trap of it is that your brain is
0: averse to doing the things that it actually needs. Yes. That's like
1: the trap. You're like, I know I need to do these things, but I don't have the energy to do the things that I need to do to get the energy and help. And now my energy is being depleted by just thinking about the things that I need to do because now I hate myself for not being able (laughs) Able to to do do them. So that's why (laughs) self-compassion.
0: Self-compassion. Self-compassion
1: will will give back, will gift you your energy back. If you can just at every moment, like... And then this is what, what will happen is people will be like, well, if I give myself too much self compassion, then, na, 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 na. and it's like, no, well, even by saying that, you're not actually giving yourself self compassion. Yeah. Self compassion is being able to accept where you're at right now and know that this does not make you a bad person. Yeah. And that, you know, like you'll eventually be able to do the things that you need to do. And it's okay if today you just need to do the little bare minimum.
0: And I was also very medication adverse averse at one mm. point in my life. Cause I'm the type of person too that likes to do all the natural things that I can do possible before <gasps> reverting medication. I'm right. still that way. Yeah. You know, but there was a time in my life where um it was literally biological. Like my brain had kind of just overtaken everything. Mm. You know, this was specifically with my anxiety. Yeah. To the point where it was like it, it I did not have the same brain mm. and the medication just helped. Like get my brain to where it needed to be yeah. so that I could then start doing and receiving all right. the other helps and supports. exactly. And then I was able to basically wean off the medication or not take it as much as needed. But sometimes it just kind of helps you. It gets your levels where Enough. they need to mm-hmm. be so that you can function again. So that you can then put into place the supports and things that you need to do to get your life on track. Yeah. And then when those things are in place, sometimes then you can start like coming off of it when you're kind of feeling like yourself again or what have you. Everyone's situation is different. Mm -hmm. Some people are on it longer than others. It just depends. But either way, just a little insight on like what our experience has been and like what our thoughts have been about that. And um, there's no shame or guilt. And that I always say, I've worn glasses since the third grade. I'm currently wearing contacts. And that was a prescription because my eyes don't function the way that they should. And yeah. the brain is a biological organ, just like anything else. And sometimes it doesn't function mm, the way I that like it that. could and yeah. should, should. And no one has ever asked me, why are you wearing glasses? Or like, why don't you just pray for better eyesight. Or why don't you just <laughs> believe in God's healing for your right. eyes? Or why don't, or like, so you know what true. I'm saying? Like no one has ever said these things about me wearing like a corrective lens,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, right. for my eyes because I cannot see clearly. Right, I cannot function clearly without it. And this is something that's actually I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. Unless I get corrective surgery or whatever. But like, again, with the brain, sometimes it's just not... It's not functioning the way that it should for a variety of biological reasons. Yeah. And sometimes um, that helps people feel more like themselves or get to a functional state. Yeah. So that they can de- then do the things that they need to do. I love that. So just kind of like for anyone who is feeling that mm-hmm. shame or for anyone who is like on the fence, talk with your you know uh, psychiatrist, talk with your doctor, weigh the pros and cons. You know, and if you are trying it, just just be self aware every step of the way about how you're feeling, about what's working, what's not. Be in communication with your doctors um, because sometimes there'll be like a certain antidepressant that works for one person, but it doesn't really. Yeah, work well with another, and then there are different types that you can take that might work better for right. you. You know, sometimes it can be a little experimental mm-hmm. to find something that works for you. But then sometimes when people find what works for them, it really works for them. They're like, "Oh, this changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> like this really helped get me where I needed to go. It gave me the kind of the boost I needed to then start taking other actions
1: of care for myself." Yeah, um, uh, one of the things that's well, that was so helpful for me during that time uh, was journaling. Yes. Um, and oh some gosh, people don't yes. like journaling because they don't like their handwriting. So I totally understand if you need to type it or write it, but I happen to like my handwriting. So it was helpful. <laughs> um, but um, journaling, you know, sometimes, especially when I was feeling really, really big feelings mm-hmm. um, of sadness yeah. or emotions or whatever, Um, just writing everything out. And sometimes I would just sit there and write out five, seven pages of just, you know, and and write as if you know that no one's ever going to read it. Like just be really, you know, open and honest about the time and season of your life, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, where your mind is going, all of that, um, because it helps you kind of see it on paper, helps you understand a little bit more about what's going on in your mind And um, maybe even being able to write out some of those um, uh, I am statements, those identity statements, the affirmations. Obviously, it's not a cure-all, you know, obviously, but um, you do need to find within yourself as much as possible during this time, a vision of yourself that you are really proud of and being able to remember who that is. And so sometimes I would write out the future version of me. And yes. the version of me that I really respect, and um, you know, write all your strengths. All, yeah, my strengths are the things yeah. that I love. And and if you can't find anything about yourself that you love, which is a, like a very sad but very real experience, yeah. Um, I always tell people to text their two or three or four like closest safest friends to say like, I'm needing a little bit of support right now. This might sound like a weird request, but could you list out for me like. 10 things that you think are really great about me. I need a reminder. Yeah. Oh, and if
0: I received that as a friend, I'd be like, oh, absolutely. And then like and being I would able send it to-, to them. I wouldn't think that was weird at all. Exactly.
1: And then sometimes yeah. when you read those things, you see things that you would never think of for yourself and you're like, wow, someone sees that in yeah, me. I love that. It's really powerful. I've had to do it myself, actually. Yeah, I have texted my friends to ask- them And then when they text me back, I'm like, wow, like, Aww. I can't feel it. I can't see it, but I'm, I, I trust in their view of me. Yes. Especially when you can't see yourself very clearly yeah. because like
0: your brain is in a fog, mm-hmm. you know, about yourself and about life. And with that journaling, you are essentially processing, which mm-hmm. is so important. Another thing that can be helpful for people with seasonal depression is taking vitamin D. Because as we said, you know, vitamin D, we often get that nutrient a lot from sunlight. Yeah. Um, they say like you should get try to get like ten minutes of sunlight a day, right? But maybe it could be possible that you are deficient in vitamin D, which could also be playing a role. Again, before doing any types of
1: supplementation, always check in with your doctor yes. or your physician because there are other things you might need to take to absorb vitamin D and others. Exactly,
0: <laughs> and also something to keep in mind for people of color because of the melanin on your skin that provides a little bit more of a barrier
1: mm-hmm. for
0: that um, vitamin D to uh, to metabolize. Right? Um, because there's that layer of melanin. So just knowing that actually people of color have a are more at more risk of being vitamin D deficient. Mm. Sometimes you can go to your doctor, they can do a simple blood test and they can check and see, you know, your vitamin D levels and whatnot. And that's something that I've requested in the past. And yeah. I actually was deficient. Yeah, um, you know, so just also keeping that in mind, sometimes a natural supplementation for people during this time is something like vitamin D.
1: Yeah, Have you ever gotten a b twelve shot? I have. Yeah. The, I mean,
0: like, there are all of these
1: things you. Wait, consult. where did they stick
0: your B12 shot? No,
1: I haven't. A friend has. Okay. And they said, like, that it just, you know. They stick it in the cheek. I want to. Yeah. They, they're yeah. they stick it energy. in the butt cheek. Because it's a shot of energy. It doesn't hurt, though. I mean, yeah. it's just a really quick. Boop, boop. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of their. their Ways I know now they have the IV places yes. that can sometimes they're a little bit more, um, yeah, like they're a little bit more,
0: um, sometimes they give you like the, the little, yeah, injections of vitamin C,
1: vitamin D, what have you, right? At these places depending it's, on where you live, yeah, and also sometimes financially it's not accessible, yeah, um, but there are cost. still ways that you know through insurance too you can get certain things that you need or just supplements. Your
0: Mm drugstore,
1: you know, your CVS. Um, One of the things that can be really hard during this time is maintaining social connections. We've touched on that before. And I will acknowledge that people just have varying levels of social needs in general. True. And so if you are someone who is more of an introvert and who doesn't really need as much social interaction, we're not saying like, oh, change yourself, go. And, you know, when you're depressed, like you have to go be around people. But um, all of this begins with self-knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know the level at at which you best function when you are doing well and when you're not in this season. And so um, go back to that baseline, not any of the baselines that you might think we're telling you to be, but Mm, social interaction is really important. So if your baseline is like, hey, once a week, I normally go out and I see my friends. And you're starting to notice that you're not, and it's two weeks, it's three weeks. You're like, you're you're not going out and seeing your friends. You're not doing the things you normally do. That's the time to think like, what do I need to do out of principle right now just to be around humans and not be in my own thoughts? Just challenge yourself. I think
0: we all know what that feels like, where yeah. you're like, I don't want to go anywhere. I I know I made these plans. I hope they cancel, <laughs> like, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I really don't want to go. And then you, like, get dressed, and you force yourself to go. And then you're, like, spending time with people who you really love. And yeah. then you're laughing, or you're having a good time. Or not even just laughing. Or Like, you know, you're having... It's it's filling your cup back up, but then you're like, oh, my gosh, I needed this. Yeah. But you, you really didn't want to go, but now that you're, like, around the people... You know, you're like, oh, that was really nice. Actually, my soul really needed right, that. Right, right. Um, so yeah, kind of just like uh, every now and again, challenging yourself toward what you need, even if you might not necessarily feel like it at the time. But also recognizing it's who you're hanging out with mm-hmm. too, right? Like some people, the reason you feel that way, it's because it's the people you're hanging out with where you feel like you have to perform. You feel like <laughs> right. you have it's mask. There is that, um, it's taking that... Um, emotional energy. Right. Right. And so in these times, I think it really is good to be around people that like, you just, you don't need to perform for. You can be completely yourself with. Um, I love those friends again, where it's like, you don't really have to say a lot, or you can just sit around and watch a movie together. You can just sit around and do a puzzle together or whatever, you know, where you don't have to put on. I think those types of relationships are really important during this time.
1: Yeah. And it does take a while to find and make those relationships sometimes too. And so if you are finding yourself in a season where mm. you don't have a lot of friendships or- Yeah. Um, where you've moved maybe. Yeah. yeah. Or in general, maybe you're just kind of a more mellow, introverted person and it's a little harder to create those friendships. Um, yeah, that can be hard and you do have to find some type of capacity within yourself to put yourself out there, to- Try to make friends. Try to talk to people. It's worth that effort. Yeah. Um. As difficult as it can, it can be. But um, overall, I I think these are some really helpful tools. Hopefully. Yeah. For for you all, um, as you're going to the season, maybe even sitting down with a calendar, right now here at the beginning of November and looking at the next three months and being like, okay, I'm gonna write in every week one social interaction, like one either like party or a little gathering or like I'm going to plan a dinner or, or something. That you can just plan ahead of time mm-hmm. um, because maybe in the moment, once you get there in December or January or February, you're not going to feel like it, but maybe yeah. even planning ahead. Yeah, I think that also means
0: like setting realistic things for yourself mm-hmm. too. You know, things that you can realistically do, Yeah, you know, as well. And just keeping that in mind. So, so yeah, it's hard Yeah. It is difficult. Definitely want to validate that. Um, It can feel all encompassing. It can feel all consuming and just know that you are not alone in those feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It comes to us all that we are human and the human experience is kind of paved with these ups and downs of life, right? We... Life isn't going from mountaintop to mountaintop.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I not.
0: wish, I don't know why in our minds we believe like that's kind of the way it should be. Actually, life isn't. It is hill, valley, hill, valley, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you're just in the valley right now, um, we hope these things will be helpful to just keep in mind. Mm-hmm. know, that it's a part of being human. It's not because there's something wrong with you. Right. <sighs> yeah you're just a human being going through a human experience
1: yeah you can find something within yourself to admire and respect there is something inside yourself i mean like the 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 good intentions of your heart if you did have money you would probably be giving it to people that are in need too. Like if someone asked
0: mm-hmm. for
1: it and, you know, like if someone needed your help, you're that person that would go and support them and give up your time and energy and leave work early to go help them. Like you have to remind yourself that you are that person mm-hmm. and that um, maybe right now you just need a little extra support and that's okay. But you're good at what you do when you are at your best. And so don't, don't measure yourself in this season based on, who you are when you have all the energy and everything is aligned in your life. Yeah. Um, so if you need further support, you can always reach out to us for more resources. Yeah. Um, and we'll have some resources
0: listed in the show notes. Yes. And I love this quote by Brene Brown where she says, It's as if we've divided the world into those who help and those who need help. But the truth is that we're both, right? At any that. given time, in any given circumstances. We can we exist both as the helper to some, mm. and we also exist as a person who needs help in certain areas of our life. And so being able to live and accept that nuance in yourself as a human being, you are not just the helper. Yeah, you also are some are a human being that deserves to be supported and helped, too. right. And one doesn't take away from the other. Yeah, um, We've been through it. <laughs> we've, we've been there. Like here we are sitting and having and talking about a podcast about it, but it's like, we've been there too. Oh my And, and who knows? There will be times in the future where we may be there again. Yeah, right. And you just kind of accept that. That's part of what it means to be human. So
1: yeah, try and not to
0: disqualify yourself. Absolutely. Which is so easy
1: to do. Right. But it doesn't make it true. Yeah, I love that. I love that quote. You You can find that support. And you can find something within yourself to really respect and admire in this season. So as you jump into um, the next few months of uh, fall, winter, really wishing you all the best and that you can find the joy as well as the moments to be reflective Mm -hmm. and the moments to be really patient with yourself. So thank you for being here. Yes. Thanks for listening
0: and just take care of yourself until next time. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, let's continue the conversation and stay connected on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, all linked in the show notes below. Let us know your thoughts or leave a review on the podcast. Your feedback really does mean so much to us until next time.